Hi, friends. You're tuned in to Legal Means Business, a podcast by Leeway. We are joined by some amazing guests who help us identify how to take your legal function and career to the next level. I'm your host, Steph Smith, and we're talking all things legal ops and legal tech, as well as other critical skills needed to help you thrive in the evolving in-house arena. Don't forget, you can watch us on YouTube or listen on the go through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy the conversation, please do hit subscribe and let us know what you think on social. I think it's a game uh, changing new infrastructure because it really helps you to automate operational legal obligations. It sounds like a cliche or like a science fiction, but instead of, instead of writing the agreement 200 times, you can literally automate, code it and automate it using the blockchain and the blockchain organizes all kinds of transactions. It could be tangible assets, buying and selling houses, cars, land, could be intangible assets, buying and selling, uh, giving away to charities, intellectual rights, software, whatever, whatever has a value. Mm-hmm. And then, The idea is that in-house lawyers, we can try to identify the the operational obligations that we can, that we would be able to automate with smart contracts. And that's why I believe it is a serious uh, big deal for, for lawyers. Blockchain has been around for well over a decade, and yet many in-house professionals still know very little about it. Gartner forecasts that blockchain will generate annual business value of more than 3 trillion by 2030. And it suggests that 10 to 20% of global economic infrastructure will be running on blockchain-based systems by the same year. With this in mind, it's becoming increasingly important for in-house lawyers, especially those in the tech space, to have an understanding of this often confusing technology and its implications. Thankfully, in today's episode, we're joined by Dr. Luis Sanchez de Lozad. Luis has more than 20 years experience as a financial and corporate legal counsel in banks and asset management companies and he is now Director Legal Counsel at asset management firm Unigestion. With a passion for legal tech, Lewis invested a lot of time and energy into understanding the blockchain and its implications on the world of in-house legal. So, without further ado, let's hear Lewis's introductory deep dive into blockchain for in-house counsel. Well, Hello, Lewis. Nice to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. Really nice to be here. Oh, no, no, it's good. I've been looking forward to our, our conversation because um, I know we're going to be talking about something that is, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a hot topic, but something that lots of people don't really understand that much about yet. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, as we were discussing, it's it's uh, really not complicated. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. So once you understand, it's like really not difficult for, for lawyers. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. And it's important to start thinking about it now, I think, to give you time to digest and understand all the information. So I suppose, firstly, it'd be, be good to, to understand what sparked your interest in blockchain? Um, at one moment, uh, you know that I, I work, I've been working for asset managers for a long time and I set up investment funds day and night, all kinds, all around the world, investment companies or partnerships. And at one moment, I realized that it was too much work for for me, for my team, for all the found controllers, uh, all the people that works in uh, working operations. And uh, at that moment, I started like being interested in ways to automate. And I realized that there was like a first step that everybody's trying to like do now which is like uh, really try to apply contract life management systems to their usual life uh, operations and life negotiations, mm-hmm. uh, contracts, life contract. Mm-hmm. And then there was a second step that is the possibility of automating all possible operational obligations. So we can discuss uh, about that. And it was uh, the, the, the best way to do that is uh, using uh, the blockchain. Yeah, oh, amazing. It just, I have to say, you know, I know a little bit about it, but definitely not as much as you. So it does sound a bit foreign and like this kind of new cool technology um with a bit of mystery around it so to begin with it would be good if you could explain what exactly is blockchain yeah so i was very surprised also when i saw for the first time literally the blockchain on a screen it was uh the um oxford fintech program at Said Business School and the teacher, like a long time ago, he he told us, okay, I will show you the blockchain. This is the blockchain. And I saw on the um, on the screen just blocks, like ledgers, three, with two columns and spaces where you put data. And then the teacher said, Okay, guys, I will I will sell you my watch for 100. Do you agree? Do you agree? Do you agree? Oh, yes, we agree. Okay, so to my first block, I will put 100 and the other two blocks will validate and then it's done. The the, the entire operation of purchasing uh, or selling uh, a clock, a watch is done. And then that is why blockchain has this name. In reality, these are blocks that are interconnected and that are shared, which means that 
many people at the same time can have access to the same information and it really helps to do things faster because everybody has the information at the same time in real time. So when someone, for example, is, is putting uh, some uh, very specific data in the blockchain, the others will, will, will validate and agree or disagree. And at that moment on the blockchain, you have just a hash that is like an identifier. And this identifier will identify precisely the operation, like the, 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 the data I, I, I just put in, 100 pounds for that clock or watch. And then if someone does not agree and put 150 in the other block, immediately you realize how the hash, which is a series of numbers and, and, and symbols, mm -hmm is changing because it is not the same operation. It is not validating that specific operation. Mm. But if everybody agrees, then everybody, each, each block is going to be connected to the next block by this hash. And all of them will start showing the same information, the same data validated. And then it's like uh, to have... Uh, title that has been transferred mm. because it's registered and everybody agreed so that that is that is what what blockchain is yeah cool so yeah. it's literally a chain of blocks that's linked together by this hash or which is a like a unique identifier i suppose yeah and yeah. then once it's validated that can't be changed Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then uh, that's why we, we always say that the blockchain like, is immutable. And um, also, a lot of people will hear that blockchain is decentralized and distributed. Mm. So, if we go, for example, if we, what, what does immutable mean? It means simply that uh, if I introduce like data with that precise hash, it will be data that uh, will be immutable because as we were saying, if someone wants to, 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 to change it or, 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 or to, to, to say that it's not true, the, the two transactions will be recorded anyway and we will see that they cannot change it mm. and why is it decentralized is because there is this beauty of blockchain that allows several members or participants to validate the transactions by consensus mm. and then there is no central authority telling you that that is valid. In a bank, for example, it is the bank who tells you how much money you have in your, in, in your account and uh, how much money you withdraw, right? Mm -hmm. But in, the, in a blockchain, everybody, by consensus, is saying, okay, this is something that we agree. 
So all members will accept. And why is it distributed? It's more or less the same as decentralized. Mm -hmm. But the difference is that, why do we say distributed? Because the governance of, of, uh, of a blockchain will be distributed among the members. Mm. So that's why we, we, we talk about a decentralized or distributed ledger technology. So DLT. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the, 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 the magic of, of, of a blockchain. There will be no, no main authority validating. And we will discuss after, uh, for example, uh, for decentralized autonomous organizations, how all members agree, for example, where to invest, what to, what to buy, mm -hmm. what is the best. And then my idea, my personal idea is that you can also have a blockchain system with a manager. Mm. Yeah. So, and how does it work? It's like uh, there are public and private blockchains. A public blockchain, for example, the best example is uh, Ethereum mm -hmm. Foundation, well-known, and everybody in the world has access. Mm -hmm. You open your wallet, you want to buy crypto, and you are a member. Yeah. Because you have you will receive your, 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 your Bitcoin or your crypto, your art, your NFTs, or you will receive the, the, the token or this hashtag that we were talking about with the final transaction. Mm. And uh, it, your, it is yours. Yeah. Yeah, for a public one. The difference with a private one, the private one is for business. Okay. The best example for me is IBM Hyperledger. So the private for business is going to be set up by one organization or one group of, of, of uh, entities mm -hmm. that uh, want to set up a business like a private business. So not everybody will have access to the, to the blockchain. Yeah. But we will have uh, rather persons that will be from the private network. If, we, if I want, for example, to set up an investment fund, then I will only use people that I want, my, my investors and, and my services providers. But then I can go farther and blockchains are with permissions or without permissions. So, for example, uh, I can give permission to everybody to get in in a public, or I can specifically manage permission, and any member will need to, to be allowed to be there in a private one. Cool. And I can even go further, and I add restrictions. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, in a private one, or even maybe in public, but in a private one that I know better, uh, you can add, for example, a level of information that you want each party to have access to. Let's say that, for example, uh, I don't want to give access to some things to my investors. It's fine. I will put restrictions 
to what they can see. Mm -hmm. They can see their own wallets. They can see their own... Uh, they can see the transactions if they want. Yeah. They, they will validate. But uh, for an auditor, the auditor of the fund or, or, or he will or she will be able to have access to everything. Mm -hmm. So they can really control the entire chain of, of transactions of the blockchain. So blockchain is an open, decentralized and immutable database that facilitates the process of recording transactions involving any sort of value, both tangible and intangible. To help you visualize this, Think about how people can now communicate directly with one another through the likes of a phone call, an instant message, or an email. In this example, the communication goes from person one to person B instantly. Yet when it comes to wider services, like financial services, people have to rely on a third party to complete their transactions, with the value traveling from person A to the third party to the person B. Blockchain challenges this approach and mitigates the need for an intermediary. So generally yeah. a business would have a private blockchain and all the members who are, are validating um, the data inside the blockchain, I suppose, would likely be employees or auditors or some kind of stakeholder of the business. Exactly. Okay. They are called nodes. Mm -hmm. And then one main difference that is uh, very important today uh, because we, we, we want to, to, to save our planet from ecological destruction, is uh, energy. Mm. These public blockchains, because there are so many people, it is, it is difficult for them to find a consensus method. So what they use is many, many different types, but one type is the proof of work so that we also hear very often. And this proof of work is, so is someone that is going to have the technical and the human means to be able to solve very difficult mathematical problems to validate the data. And then because the others didn't trust all their members in public blockchains, they will trust this one mm -hmm. because he, sh I mean, they showed that the, he had, he could do it. And then the others will, will, will validate. But the problem is that the energy you need to solve uh, the, the proof of work and with the amount of people at the same time mm -hmm. that are buying and selling Bitcoin or, or any other crypto or NFTs or art, uh, or even now any kind of assets in the, in the, in the metaverse mm -hmm. that we can discuss before, after, sorry, you really need a lot of energy. It's going to be electricity. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. In a private blockchain, permissioned, restricted, the consensus is very easy. Normally you will give the possibility of a validator. Mm hmm to, to, to propose to validate or to have the responsibility to validate. So it is going to be like a kind of a manager, for example, in, a, in an investment company, in an investment fund. And of course, uh, he will 
because he's kind of sponsoring the thing, he will he will be the 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 one who will be uh, like uh, validating the, the the or proposing mm-hmm. the, the the data, and then the others will more easily validate. They don't need to like solve mathematical problems or or they will just agree. Yeah. And uh, the amount of energy is almost nothing. Okay. It's almost like voting. Exactly. Yeah. It's precisely like, like, like yeah. that. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. And just in terms of, in, in practical terms, how would people be accessing the blockchain? Is it like a Google Drive or a server? How do you access it? If it was in place you at your business. You access it on your screen and uh, you, it's, you are going to have a node and the, the blockchain itself will be, could be, for example, open source mm-hmm. and will be like, a, like internet, like a system that you can use. Mm-hmm. For private ones, you will have a fee and then immediately you will be able to start programming, like coding, uh, whatever you want in that blockchain. And uh, the result will be like uh, a, a normal screen, like uh, very usual software mm-hmm. on on your on your at your office. I mean, in, yeah. in, in, in your on your desk, and uh, you will be able to 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 follow uh, from there. Mm-hmm. There are other uh, types of of um, infrastructure that is also needed. So, for example, oracles. And oracles are databases that are outside the, the, the blockchain that will help smart contracts or the blockchain, we, will, we can see that after, to get some data to validate transactions. Okay. But that is a service of a service provider mm-hmm. that uh, that you can just add as a node, or or they will they will be able to send the data yeah. to the blockchain, or the the blockchain the smart contracts will send the the, the order to pay the order to deliver, yeah, to to oracles or to very specific service providers that that, that and and doing that you are automating uh the entire process yeah yeah that makes sense it's cross-referencing and checking using a provider as well which makes sense exactly the name blockchain can help us understand how it works blockchain stores transaction data in blocks and connects them together to form a chain each block contains a digital fingerprint called a hash as well as the hash of the previous block and a group of verified time-stamped transactions. Linking the blocks together using the previous block's hash or digital fingerprint makes it difficult for the order of the chain to be broken and helps prevent any block from being altered. Therefore, with every block that's added, the verification of the previous block is strengthened. And as a result, so is the entire blockchain. But to kind of solidify this in terms of what it means for lawyers and, and in-house legal, 
Why is the blockchain such a big deal in the world of legal? I think it's a game uh, changing uh, uh, new infrastructure because it really helps you to automate operational legal obligations. So it sounds like a cliche or like science fiction, but you can Instead of, instead of writing the agreement 200 times, you can literally automate, code it and automate it using the blockchain. And the blockchain organizes all kinds of transactions. It could be tangible assets, buying, selling houses, cars, land, could be intangible assets, buying, selling, uh, giving away uh, to charities, intellectual rights, software, whatever, whatever has a value. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is that in-house lawyers, we can try to identify the, the operational obligations that we can, that we would be able to automate with smart contracts. And that's why I believe it is a serious uh, big deal for, for lawyers. As I was saying before, I think that the first stage where we are now is this idea that uh, we are working with uh, CLM companies, like legal tech companies, mm -hmm. to have contracts that are not negotiated in word anymore and death inert in PDF at the end of the negotiation. And then I have to go and, and, uh, and uh, look for the information I need. And I have to read the, the entire contract again. That thing is being done beautifully by companies like yours and um, so many others. And with so many possibilities, that is like, it's a real pleasure to see how that is evolving. And the idea is that um, it will give uh, machine-readable contracts. Mm -hmm. That simply means that the, the contract is not inert in PDF anymore, static. Mm -hmm. But you have all the information of the negotiation, of the, of the data you, 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 you tag, you need. And then you will use that for a second stage that is, okay, now I need to, to, to automate. What can I automate? Seriously, what can I automate and what I cannot automate? Whatever, any operational obligation that is like uh, using, using more or less the code uh, system is like uh, if A, then B. Everything that is if A, then B, I can automate with, with uh, smart contracts. Yeah. If you give me 100 pounds, uh, I, I will give you my watch. <laughs> and I don't need to, to, to write it again and on, a, on, the, on the template. And then I don't need to put your name anymore. <laughs> I, I will just, I will just, it will be completely automated yeah. and I know exactly what I am doing because that is extremely important 
I really know everything is under control. Yeah. There is no legal risks. Uh, mm -hmm. Depending on how how I set up the the, the, the smart contract. Yes. And uh, there are other obligations that are non-operational obligations. And those ones are more difficult to automate. They, they need like a best effort of the party or uh, they need like a discretion at the discretion of the general partner or at the discretion of... Or, and those ones, I think with time, we will start avoiding. Mm. I don't want to, 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 to work more for nothing so i will try to avoid them and i will tell to the counterparty mm -hmm. let's try to put pure operational obligations in this contract and if possible directly in code yeah let's code the the the, the contract yeah and uh so it is a big deal because uh if if the the the, the Law firms, all kinds of of, of uh, in houses, uh, will start doing it little by little. At one moment, everybody will, and it's a natural process. Mm -hmm. uh, some people uh, told me, but no, but we don't want to learn how to code. How is it possible? I want to write my my contract. I am a creative artist of the of the law. It's fine, but there is this new approach that is the future mm -hmm. that can also help you to think differently. So you will not put everything that happens, that, 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 that you, all your experience in one clause, mm -hmm. but you will try to, to put two lines of code to do what you were doing before with 400. Yes. Uh, 300 page contracts which is a real challenge and uh, and uh, it will take time mm -hmm. but at the same time it is already there i have uh, i've been mapping uh, around the world all people that are already uh, using uh, smart contracts to automate uh, obligations like yeah definitely and it, I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it? Because as you say, it's an evolution of the legal world and specifically contracts as well. As like you said, some people do still prefer to print a document and write on the document and make their edits there. Um, but I know we certainly know when, when people have implemented Leeway, uh, for example, and they're using a contract management solution, having all that data there readily accessible not having to search through individual contracts for for data that they're looking for or a specific clause it really makes all the difference in terms of how much time they're spending on those low value tasks and they can reprioritize uh, their time to things that are maybe more strategic or things that require their specific expertise i suppose so there's really a lot of value in this automation oh yes so it is like um, data today is like, it's, it's a big deal also. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a newsletter on, on LinkedIn on, on, on just uh, metadata for, 
smart contracts and uh, and uh, there are so many methods to to gather this data you need so as we were saying before the best way is when 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 you use a CL, CLM mm. solution software but also some of them they are already proposing uh, at the at the very at the very basic stage mm -hmm. and it's on on a case by case basis but they are already proposing for example to 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 map with you the 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 operational obligations and just to to see which ones they are easily automated mm -hmm. yeah as a second step definitely and just to clarify what are smart contracts so as we were saying smart contracts are just lines of code because if we can like add data to the blockchain to one ledger like i can add numbers 100 i can also add like programs like lines of code and uh it's just that a smart contract is just that then the uk law commission opened like the big doors for smart contracts it was a remarkable uh, work of the commission uh, identifying or making the difference between smart contracts that might be binding or not or they don't say if they are binding of or not mm -hmm. and smart legal contracts mm. that's what i call them today yeah. to see that just just to say that the intention of the parties is to give like to have a legal relationship with that specific contract mm -hmm. so and then that's why there are for example today traditional contracts that are written in human language but the execu the execution of of the operational obligations will be in code mm. so that is the 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 first possibility the second possibility is hybrid contracts mm -hmm. you take all the operational obligations and you code them in smart contracts that will automate the the transactions or the result of the of the of the operational uh, obligation and then everything that is not uh, an operational obligation then you just have it in natural language so for example if you want all the definitions uh, that we put at the very beginning it's fine you want to still leave like uh, uh, some discretion to the parties or you want to still write very complicated uh, clauses uh, that you cannot code then you can leave it in in uh, in natural language mm -hmm. and then they are the same contract so the each one is going to refer to the other one so they mm -hmm. are the same contract but in two different languages 
and uh, one language in one language you are kindly telling the the, the machine the computer in uh, their own language that what you want to do mm -hmm. and the, in the, using the other the natural language you are telling to your to your counterparties what you want to do mm -hmm. and uh, both are absolutely like compatible yeah yeah and there is the third possibility that is pure code so there will be a moment where everything is going to be in code mm -hmm. and uh, i'm sure that will make some people um a bit hesitant but hopefully that'll they have time to to transition first <laughs> <laughs> well yes of course there is a lot of uh, debate uh, on the legal risks and and uh, but mm -hmm. so the the uk law commission was very clear first of all they said that all the all the legal frame that we use for traditional contracts can be used without changing a word for smart contracts a machine can send an offer or an invitation to 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 discuss and another machine can accept the offer officially like saying i accept or say or a counter offer because the machine is not happy mm. it's just the smart contract that is working there and there is no communication or, or from from humans mm -hmm. so machines can and the uk uh, law commission recognized that and, and and showed in different examples that it is possible that we already have it and then all the formalities of a contract will apply to smart contracts mm -hmm. if possible don't use for example pseudonyms because it's going to be difficult to identify the part the, the, the one of the parties or you can still you know uh, add all the formalities mm -hmm. that you would like in code if the code is not self-explanatory enough you can use comments mm -hmm. so in the code so when you are coding you can put whatever you want in natural language between like a between uh, hashtags and the machine will ignore it okay but at the same time you are explaining clearly what was the the the, the line of the code uh, above mm -hmm. and you will clearly say that the parties intend to give uh, a proper legal uh, application to that mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, you are explaining uh, and you are creating binding comments, mm -hmm. completely binding, like uh, executable comments that are there and you don't need to, you don't need paper anymore. Mm -hmm. Smart contracts are an agreement between two parties in the form of computer code. They are digital contracts that automatically execute when predetermined conditions are met. 
They run on the blockchain, so they are stored in a database and cannot be changed. Generally, they're used to automate the execution of an agreement so that all participants can almost instantly be certain of the outcome without the loss of time or the need for an intermediary. Many governing bodies are beginning to acknowledge that smart contracts are legally binding agreements. So it's important for in-house lawyers to keep up to speed and learn all they can about smart contracts. And I suppose thinking about in-house lawyers and the more near term, what do you think are going to be the kind of biggest use cases that they'll be experiencing in-house in the next couple of years? So what I think is that at the very beginning, in-house lawyers will use a lot um, blockchain applications first that will come from different services providers. For example, just signature of documents. You know, when you add a signature, like an electronic signature to the document, it's not only like adding your electronic signature, your your, your PA will add your electronic signature to the to the to the document, but you need to 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 be sure that there is a way to track that signature with the date, with the moment, and uh, and then also to have the perfect identity of the person mm. who is signing and who is authorized. Mm. All that can be registered in the blockchain and you don't need any anything else. You don't need to 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 send the, 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 the electronic with the with the with the email and uh, and then wait for the other person to 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 go on PDF and open them. So it's already there. We said we're not going to 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 give like names of companies but i'm sure everybody knows uh there are many yes uh, all around the world second example uh kyc aml same same more or less the same you can identify uh, your your own clients and then once you've identified a client at one specific moment and date you put it in the blockchain and that's it you don't need anything else mm. Uh, the the debate is still if you you can also put all the information your client gave you mm -hmm. in the blockchain, like IDs, but or you don't do it mm. and you just will use the tag of the of the of the um, of the blockchain mm -hmm. to, to to show that you are validating that specific KYC AML and it's done. Mm -hmm. You don't need anything else. And examples like this are like, it's endless. Yeah. But for me, the main application is what we were discussing just before. Whenever you can automate in any, in all kinds of in-house uh, activities, mm -hmm. whenever you can automated you can do it really yourself you are the best person as a lawyer who knows exactly how it works 
very modestly. <laughs> or, or you don't need to be a lawyer, you need to be a practitioner, mm -hmm. any practitioner, found controls, they really know how to how to do mm -hmm. it. And uh, that is our that is our superpower. Yeah. We can't tell the coder how to how to how to do it, what we want to do. Of course, we need to understand a little bit what the coder is doing and it will come. My theory is that we will start learning how to code. Mm -hmm in law schools but again it was like such a debate in in uh, in my newsletters on on uh, linkedin <laughs> but we will get there and uh once once you 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 have operational obligations you will like it and you will try to do it more and more yeah and then you will get some budget from from uh from your ceo for using like a more sophisticated external services providers and uh, mm -hmm. and I think that the, the the evolution will go by there and and it is not only blockchain but it always goes with artificial intelligence mm -hmm. so we can get to full automation mm -hmm. with smart contracts and artificial intelligence there are already uh examples of uh like for example fully algorithmically managed decentralized autonomous organizations and the law in wyoming in the united states the first law about decentralized autonomous organizations recognize that you can set up a fully algorithmically managed decentralized autonomous organization that is like a company or it's an LLC in Wyoming. Wow. And nobody's, <laughs> nobody's managing the company anymore. Smart contracts are. And then it's absolutely amazing the, 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 like the discussion about like very legal philosophical discussion about what it will mean. Mm -hmm. Uh, for example, that law tells you, I mean, that an obligation is to have the, the to, to, you have to be able to modify the contracts at one moment, if you need. Mm -hmm. You cannot let them like be forever. Yeah. You have to be able to, to modify if needed. And also other considerations uh, about the, the, how members will what what would be the, the, the liabilities of, of members or, or 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 a manager or who's in charge is the question mm -hmm. when smart contracts are literally yeah. <laughs> doing everything. Yeah, yeah that's a great yeah. point. I mean you're not wrong, it does sound like sci-fi <laughs> at this stage, yes. but obviously it's progressing so quickly. So we do need to, to have our, our finger in the loop and try and keep up to date a bit. In terms of the, the business uh, impact of lawyers who are learning about the blockchain and understanding these concepts and how it can be applied um, to in the world of in-house legal, what would that mean for business? What kind of impact could these lawyers who, who understand the blockchain have? 
I think that um, it is a good idea to understand uh, the blockchain and not only the blockchain, but legal tech in general. Mm. I think we will become experts of legal tech, mm -hmm. all lawyers, and naturally. Because once you, you get in the, in the world of legal tech, you really like it. Uh, it is very difficult to say, well, no, especially if you start applying to what you do. So it really helps to manage better your data. Mm -hmm. That is a big point whenever you want to give a good internal service in-house. Like your CEO asks you for, well, well, well what was that, that, that interest we gave in... And you have to go and read the 200 pages or, or someone needs to do it. And you will have this, this, all, all this data there. And you will start like thinking data driven. You will, you will, you will see how important it is for, for you because you have more possibility to, 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 to share this data, to give more information internally. And at that moment, you are managing the, the legal operations and uh, you are telling more or less uh, what they need to, to, to know to file controllers and, 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 uh, and other people. I think that is, that is extremely important. A second point is that I think that very soon lawyers will be hired by companies for what, how much legal tech they bring to the table mm. and not only for how much law they know. Of course, we need to know the law because we know with regulation, of course. But it's not only that today is not it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, you just need to 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 say I know this 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 way, this way, this way to 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 do it faster, better, uh, to have the, 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 the data the, the board needs. Mm -hmm. And they, they will invite you to the board yeah. more often or they will give you a seat. Yeah. Um I I I can automate a lot of things and they will tell you what wow really yes mm -hmm. i can uh, i have i know this 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 to automate and normally it it works i already did for example <laughs> someone will say already did yeah uh, so experience and then you know we will become very very operational of course i'm talking about uh business lawyers corporate lawyers because i know more about that but uh, I've been having discussions with all kinds of, of, of in-house lawyers and even from charities that were telling me, let's automate uh, distribution of, of, of electricity in, in, in Africa via using, like, uh, using tokens and uh, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. And you, are, you know what more or less what to do, what they are doing, what a smart contract is, what a blockchain, private, public, permissioned is, and it's enough. Mm -hmm. uh, if, 
possible if you understand a little bit of what a coder is doing. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the first time that you, wow, I, I have no idea, but languages, basic languages like Python or <laughs> you start when whenever you see someone coding, you start at one moment, you, you it's like any other language, I think. Mm -hmm. So lawyers, sometimes they tell me, yeah, but, uh, you know, we don't like much maths. You guys working in finance, you like more maths, but it has nothing to do with maths. Mm -hmm. You just, is is in relation to technology. And if you really want to 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 know about, like, uh, theory of, of, of computing, like computing theory, then it's a real pleasure. It's almost philosophy. Mm. But you don't need to. Yeah. You just need practical, practical things today that you can get from uh, from LinkedIn, mm -hmm. like following the, the the so many people, the 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 legal tech community that you know so well. Uh, we are always uh, there, like you, giving a uh, lots of content for free, podcasts. And uh, there are so many things mm -hmm. happening and uh, everybody's so generous. Mm -hmm. uh, it's absolutely amazing how generous people are and, 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 uh, and they give a lot of uh, time and knowledge uh, for free yeah. to, to, to just to, to push the movement because uh, they feel they are lawyers. So we are lawyers and we have to, I mean, not only lawyers, I'm talking about practitioners, all kinds of practitioners that, that are with us, compliance, uh, found controllers, operations. We are in the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want something else. And, and that's why they, they, they do. You, you know very well all, all these people. Uh, for example, people like uh, artificial lawyer. Yes giving so much in real time information about legal tech yep. is crazy and and it is happening in, in france mm -hmm. so many so many uh, new legal techs uh fintechs uh literally and it's happening everywhere yep. everywhere definitely literally the entire world even africa or latin america mm -hmm. they have their own so yeah. it's extremely interesting to, to, to follow. Yeah, and I think you're right. LinkedIn is probably one of the best places to, to keep up to date. And one, because you can access this content for free from some of the some great thought leaders in the space. But also, as you said, it's real time. So you're accessing it without any friction between it being made into a book, for instance, or anything like that. Because no yeah, doubt it would exactly, be out of date yeah. by that point anyway. But... So yeah, exactly. Following people on LinkedIn and, and uh, publications like Artificial Lawyer is a, is a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So one day, for example, uh, they were asking like uh, academics, professors of Stanford. We were in a seminar and they were asking, but how do you get how do you get all this information about blockchain, about about artificial intelligence? And they were saying from Twitter. <laughs> I just try to, to, I mean, I have to like trust the, 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 the source. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, to, to go to, to with anyone, but 
once you realize that the source is trustable, is good, is professional, then it's, it's enough. Even in, in, on YouTube, you have so many tutorials about blockchain, blockchain for introduction to blockchain or already how to, how to code mm-hmm. uh, in blockchain and uh, for free. Yeah. Absolutely for free. There is one, uh, for example, that is a 16 hours nonstop course on how to, how to code in, in, in the blockchain, smart contracts. After 16 hours that you can stop mm-hmm. uh, and then come back and continue. But after 16 hours, you say, I think I know a bit more now <laughs> yeah. than before. Yeah. And the more things you automate yeah. in your in your legal function, the more time you have to spend uh, learning these things and preparing for the future as well. <laughs> Precisely, it's, it is exactly what 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 I always say. Uh, you automate as much as you can, and then you have time to think about how to automate the next one. Yeah, and or to learn how to code. Yeah, or. To spend time with your family. Exactly. That's the Go thing. And, and, uh, you, you don't do want to be like. stuck in the efficiency loop of becoming efficient just to bring in more tasks. It's rejigging what the, what the role of the in-house lawyer might look like. So it now seems obvious that in-house lawyers should understand the blockchain and its implications. The first step is education. To learn more and stay up to date, there are a few things that you can do. Firstly, you can follow trusted sources and people on social media, most likely on LinkedIn. Secondly, you can access free expert and educational videos on YouTube. Next, you can listen to podcasts like Legal Means Business that covers trending topics such as the blockchain. Then you might want to explore the blockchain for yourself, whether that's trying a meeting in the metaverse or buying an affordable NFT or cryptocurrency. The more you read, listen and explore, the more sense the blockchain will make and the better you can advise your business and prepare for the future. I guess just just to finish up, that's a great point, actually. Um, How do you see the blockchain um, and legal tech more generally impacting the day-to-day roles of in-house lawyers? what might be their main focus and, and what might their, their day-to-day look like? Yeah, so I think that, um, as we were saying before, the, 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 the main part is to, to, to become more uh, data-oriented. So lawyers, in-house lawyers, will, will use better uh, data. Mm-hmm. They will stop negotiating and, and uh, in in with uh, a Word, Microsoft Word and PDF, and they will start like uh, using machine readable uh, softwares that 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 really give you the possibility to use all that rich data of of your contracts. Mm-hmm. And to to have statistics and to to see what what you did good, what you didn't good, you didn't do that 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 well, and why, and 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 then 
you really learn about your yourself mm-hmm. and your teams and and and, uh, and even the entire company and uh, and and sometimes also uh you learn a lot about the counterparties and also about your own law firms that you use because uh, they are connected so we are working with uh with them every day mm-hmm. and uh, you also start thinking more operationally which is the dream of 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 all like uh of for example when you when you work in in, in big banks the ceo wants to to understand what what the bank is doing not only that you know by heart like uh, mifid 2 but uh how to apply it how how does it work like in in reality you you cannot go with theory in reality and for me too much wording on a, on a contract is 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 a kind of theory and and uh, two lines in a code that are doing what what you wanted to uh it is uh it is uh, reality uh and um for example if if many things will change as the UK law commission was saying for example the standard of interpretation uh of of uh code uh, of smart contracts the code of smart contracts would be what would a reasonable coder do here yeah or think about or interpret yeah and uh it's not a reasonable person anymore but it's a reasonable coder and of course even judges mm. will need to start a little bit understanding more they are they are already they are already doing mm. it like they they know a bit about crypto and yeah bitcoin and uh because they are they, they start they are starting having cases like in the uk in the us even in even in uh, in uh, other other countries around the world like mm-hmm. for sure so I think that is the 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 the, the main uh, impact in our in our uh, lives as, as as lawyers and as we were saying before, uh, I think that um, the lawyer who knows a bit more about legal tech and how to organize more efficiently what he's uh, supposed to 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 do or to write. Uh, will be hired uh, faster than someone who who said, "Well, I don't, I don't want to. You know, I will, I will, re- I will still be on paper." And uh, and it is an absolutely natural process. So no need to to panic or to to say, "Oh, what do I do? I need to 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 go and learn how to code." It's natural. What I did is that I started like watching videos. Following LinkedIn, uh, you you open your wallet uh, on a, on a Ethereum, you buy some crypto, you see how it works, you go to a metaverse, <laughs> but you go, you create your avatar, and then you see, okay, so what is that? Oh wow, it's 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 interesting, and then you see you see uh, I don't know, uh, big uh, stores selling already goods. Mm-hmm. 
and you realize that they are just registering the tokens mm -hmm. in the blockchain. So, and they tell you, and uh, and uh, you learn, and you are living with the with your time. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely great advice because it can be so easy to think that it's really overwhelming, which I completely understand it can be at first. But the more you read about it, the more you hear about it, the more you try it out, um, the more comfortable exactly. you can become with it. And and it can be easy as well to think that the blockchain, you know, might you might be spending a lot of your time working out the blockchain as part of your in-house role but the idea is that it will make your life easier it will free up your time to focus on things where you can add more value um, and of course diversify your role as an in-house lawyer too so you can perhaps take on that more strategic work and as you say maybe work closely with the board providing them with the information um, that you now have at your fingertips so that's all really exciting and yeah, lot, lots to learn, no doubt. Um, but you've kindly shared some links as well, which we can share um, in the bio of the podcast as well. So we can share that as well. Absolutely, yes. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, such an important topic and it's it's coming whether we like it or not. So it's good to to keep up to date um, and try and try and progress our knowledge on, on the blockchain and legal tech more generally. So thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me, Steph. It was really nice to talk to you and uh, we will keep in touch. Yes, definitely. And we'll encourage everyone to get, to follow you as well <laughs> so they can read your newsletters and, <laughs> of course, learn more. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that the, sometimes, I mean, uh, some people told me that uh, in some parts of my newsletters were too complicated, but maybe after this introduction, mm -hmm. They will be able to understand a little bit more some some things that are a bit more that sound a bit more complicated <laughs> in my news. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Lots of different um, nuggets of information will hopefully create some clarity. So thank you. 